mother is an artist. I'm not going to suddenly stop doing that because I have children. So you never felt that your mother exploited you or used you? I took the leap of faith into motherhood. I make a better aunt than I would a mother, I think. My mother, she had to make it like that. She's the most difficult job on the planet. She's the mother. That sounds like a mother already devastated by the death of one son. She's going to kill me. Knowing how to prepare for Mother Nature's theory can actually save you. Barack Obama hated his mother. Mama, I love you, and we're going to celebrate all hour with a cake. All right. Are you recording? I am recording. Me too. All right. Okay, good. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Amy. Hi. Hi, Anne. <laughs> so I was thinking about how we would be opening the show, very first show, and I thought, well, let me go look at some other podcasts that have already done this. No need to reinvent the wheel. And um, so, of course, like the first podcast that I went to was the most downloaded, most popular podcast on iTunes, which what, is... What podcast is that? You know that. You know what it is. This American Life. This American yeah. Life. All right. So... I went and I found their very first show. It's 1995, very wow. first This American Life. You know, Ira Glass is, is is introducing what is now a very well-known, renowned podcast, and you won't believe what happened. What happened? Let me just let me just show you. Hello. Hey, mom. Oh, hi, Ira. Um, listen. I, I, can I can I uh, record a quick uh, conversation with you about something? What about? Um, well, you know the um, the new show goes on the air this week. Yeah. And um, as part of the show, we were thinking about having me call around to different people and get advice from them. And I wanted to know if you, if you would have any advice. Mm. So you can imagine my my shock. Here I am. Just trying to get a little, you know, input, a little advice. And it's like halfway through his very first show, he's calling his mom. All right, yeah, let's move on. What's the theme for this week? The theme for this week is, is um, uh, new beginnings. You know, that's very interesting because I just did an interview this morning with a, a newspaper reporter. And one of the things I believe is that there are a lot of people who are good at beginnings, but they're not good at middles. W- which means what? means that they like the beginning where there's all this idealization and romantic projections and the other person can be who they who they think they should be rather than who they are. And when they get to the middle phase... All right, I'm just going to stop the tape. All right, listen, all of you in the audience right now, let's just agree right now. It's the very beginning of our relation. It's the very beginning of our radio relationship right now. This is our little first little radio date. And I just don't want any idealizing. So we don't even need to introduce our podcast. Ira Glass calls his mom in his, in his very first effort at making This American Life. And she gives him, like, this really smart profound, advice. Yeah, profound yeah. advice. And she encourages him, and she tells him he looks like Hugh Grant. And Yeah, it's a, it's a great way to think about beginning some kind of new endeavor. Yeah, is to think about... Is, like, is the, actually the beginning is not that important it's not that it's what you do later it's it's the middle part i know we've been kind of struggling with trying to figure out how we were going to open up this brand new podcast yeah how to how to talk about what this thing is because it's not really a it's not like a one sentence thing right it's not a one sentence thing it's like we don't want to we don't want people to think it's mommy blog we don't want you know this is not parenting advice this is not parenting advice so that said our beginning perhaps we don't need to belabor what we are who we are and and where we will 
go because who knows? I don't even know if we know. Yeah, I don't think we know, but we'll find out. That, that's what the middle is all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thanks, Ira, and thanks, Ira's mom. Yeah, thank you, Ira's uh, mom, for providing our introduction um, so that we don't have to do any work there. Enough said. Enough said. So my baby turned eight weeks in March, and my pediatrician told me, like, I cannot take her out of the house until she's eight weeks. And that was like the hardest eight weeks of my life, being trapped in my apartment in the in the winter, in the cold. So the the, the very day that she turned eight weeks was the day of Judith Bernstein's um, opening. And, and who is Judith Bernstein? Judith Bernstein is one of these artists who just pushes the edge of the envelope. Usually, like in the past, her art depicted like pictures of little tiny men with gigantic penises attached to them right that that sounds lovely yeah and a lot of times like her art was kind of muted colors you know she either used charcoal or pencil drawings but something happened recently something happened inside of her I think because she in the last few years has been making these huge scale paintings of vaginas and now it's like literally neon paint and her show is called birth of the universe uh-huh. yeah so birth yeah. and creation and so art thinking, i really think something's going on with 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 her mom in her mind or something like that so we went to the show i bundled my baby up i actually took my mother with me so so how did it go down from there when you when you got there with i um ran into my friend who happens to be miss bernstein's um assistant uh my friend john john reynolds yeah and so he kind of explained what the art was all about okay so describe what we're looking at we're basically looking at a cunt face universe um we're surrounded by multiple cunt heads with cock eyes protruding Oh my god, you cannot help but be abstract. You can't even help it. Like, okay, so basically we're looking at, I mean, giant. Like, what are what are the dimensions of these paintings? Um, they range from 8 by 8, 8 feet by 8 feet, to 10 by 20 feet. 10 by 24 feet. So, large-scale cocks and cunts, essentially. Um, In neon, under black light. With cock eyes, and with teeth, vaginas with teeth, and black holes. And nooses. Nooses and uh, nooses that strangle, and I think it would be a really great question to ask Judith um, about the nooses specifically. Great, great. thanks. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I know you're so busy. Um, this is the kind of busy I want to have. <laughs> it's a good busy. Yeah. So, my question for you, basically, is. What is the mother's role in your work? Well, you know, um, it's funny you say that. I was actually starting out with the mother as, um, as the birth, as the center of the universe, as the Big Bang. So that's what it really is. And many times when people use the female vagina, they take it as very romanticized. It is not romanticized. I have teeth in them. I have black holes. And nooses, too. John yes, said the you know nooses. Also, the nooses is interesting because with the nooses, I was thinking of the kinds of things that women do. Now, men have a lot of bad stuff, but, they, but women have a lot of this anger that's a strangulation. I, you owe me. 
and it's, it's, it's there's a lot of you owe me, um, like you owe me, to, you owe to come to my, come to uh, come uh, to my house for Thanksgiving, for Easter, and all these other kinds of things, and it feels like a noose. And, and I saw that in my, my own mother, who had enormous amount of anger, but I and, and could not really control that. And I used to just speak about men and war and anger in terms of war. And now, I'm, these paintings are self-referential in many ways. They're about me and they're about feminism. They're about women having more power and, um, and um, that's, that's about it. <laughs> Thank you so much, no, I appreciate no it. Okay, so, so Ms. Bernstein's response actually you know, pretty much convinced me that these paintings obviously have something to do with her mother, right? Um, so I thought, well, let me see if that translates to the people who are here looking at her art. So I, I asked a few onlookers whether uh, they could see their own mothers in, in the art that they were looking at. Um, do any of these paintings make you think of your mother? Make me think of my mother? <laughs> I can't say I see my mother in any of these. <laughs> Not a single one. I don't really remember my mother's vagina. Okay, so here's John again. Here's John's response to that question. <laughs> Make me think of my mother? I think, yeah, in some ways I can see how uh, my mother has a fair amount of anger and, uh, and is a very loud woman at times. And um, these paintings are very loud, that's for sure. And uh, they... They are also playful and fun, um, which I think is really an important role of a mother to play and to be creative and have fun, but also be disciplinarian and be able to have the ability to really express rage when they need to express it. And so a really them. dynamic individual. A really dynamic individual, and these paintings are really dynamic, I, I would say. Mistakes like bee stings. I feed off the past to make new things. So we're shifting gears from neon vaginas to mother-in-laws. <laughs> okay, let's let's go back. One way for me to sort of become part of an Indian family when I married my husband was mm-hmm cooking that was a really food was like the easiest way in and the person who opened that door for me was really my mother-in-law because she took me into her kitchen from like day one Mm -hmm. and taught me her recipes Mm -hmm. so that I could be a part of that so before you started cooking with mummy how much did you cook I had no interest in food uh, except for eating Mm-hmm. Until <laughs> we all like that, yeah, exactly. Until um, and I'd I'd never really cooked. So your mother-in-law. I mean, I sort of sometimes think of like my mother-in-law as like another mother mm-hmm. in my life, you know. And she offers other mother things yes. to me that maybe even my own mother doesn't. And of course, my mother offers a lot that my mother-in-law can't. But it is interesting. Like you get this different viewpoint. Like midway through your life, like suddenly you have this another. Another mother. Yeah. So let's take a listen. Let's take a listen. Oh, 
India, there's a whole genre of soap operas where the central tension is not between lovers, but rather between mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law vying for household power. My mother-in-law and I never had that kind of drama. We like each other, but we don't always know what to say to each other. My name is Rama Saini. I live in Montreal, Canada. And how are we related? To you? Yes. You are my daughter-in-law, my son's wife. In Hindi, we call daughter-in-law Bahu. You are my Bahu. We've taken such different paths in life. She grew up in North India in the early years after independence from the British. I'm from Wyoming and South Dakota. The only Indians there prefer to be called Native Americans. When we first met almost a decade ago, I didn't understand any Hindi, and my mother-in-law struggled to really express herself in English. So we cooked, filling the silences with talk of spices or recipes. Perfectly okay. No water. Water is all uh, Anything uh, I make, you used to ask me, Mommy, how you make it? Can I have the recipe? I was uh, really happy that uh, being an American, you cook so nice Indian food. <laughs> At 19, her marriage was arranged, and she moved to Canada with her new husband. By 30, my mother-in-law had three children. She was probably expecting a daughter-in-law who spoke Punjabi or new Indian culture. I went to college, then grad school. I'm 33 now, and I still don't know how to change a diaper. How you do it here? Oh, um, I just want me to show you how I do Yeah, I was surprised in the beginning when you asked me, Mommy, I want to learn this, I want to learn this. I said, oh my gosh, she's, she's really interested in uh, cooking. Even uh, <clears throat> my younger daughter, she was uh, not interested before marriage. So she never learned anything from me. You can put as many as you want. They give nice taste. In those early years, before I started Hindi lessons, and she learned not to try to take me shopping or to ask about grandchildren, it felt like we might never understand each other. But we kept cooking together. You want to pour some rose water or something? Uh, I want to make it the way you make it. If no, you... I, I don't put. I put some choti elachi. Okay, that's nice. You have that? Hanji. Elachi? Hanji. Oh, we can... Uh, you mean uh, hari elachi? Hari elachi. Hanji. Upar hai. So in America, everybody is an American. We'll try our best to give them our um, sanskar. Mm, how, you, how can I explain you? Sanskar means uh, our customs. We cannot control, we can just teach our children our customs. So slowly and slowly, it will be different thing. Thank you. Oh, like this. Two women in the kitchen. So typical, right? Good. But how many white chicks from South Dakota know that the secret to good carrot halva is waiting until the very end to add the ground cardamom, the elaichi, as we say in Hindi. 
And how often do you find an Indian mother grooming a young American to carry on her recipes? That's, that's really nice. It's not overly sweet. Yeah. Came out okay? Yeah. It came out okay. Mm. Hello, I'm Dr. Charles T. Price, Medical Director of the International Hip Dysplasia Institute. The purpose of this video is to show you some ways to swaddle your baby. And so what, why did people swaddle in the, in the beginning and why do they continue to swaddle? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess they did it in the beginning for the same reason that I swaddle Bobby every night is because her arms seem to have a life of their own. And I'm not kidding, it's like her arms distract her. I have to tie them down in order for her to be able to fall asleep. So basically it's it's a bedtime activity. It's, it's a what, bedtime it's, activity. It's how you, how you go how to- How you end the day. How you end the day. How you put her to bed. Or how, you, or her, how you end a podcast. How, this is how you end our podcast. So we're, this putting, is, we're putting it to bed. We're putting the podcast we're to bed. We're putting the, the very first show of but our podcast But first we are gonna swaddle, swaddle it up nice and neat. So proper swaddling is important to help keep the hips healthy. Incorrect swaddling, especially tight swaddling with the legs straight out like a papoose, can actually cause hip dislocation and hip dysplasia. Anna's going to swaddle me using the instructions we found um, on the internet. And uh, now Anne has to spread All the, right. she's got a sheet. She's gonna spread the sheet All out right. on the bed. Here's the uh, sheet. Following Dr. Oh. So-and-so's uh -oh. right. instructions. Is, what does Dr. So-and-so recommend? First, the diamond swaddle. Lay the blanket out like a diamond. Okay, lay the blanket out like a diamond. Fold the corner down. I'm going to do this with one hand, and I'm going to hold my mic with the other hand. Place the baby with the shoulders on the folded corner. So, can I ask you <laughs> to lay down on Yes, I on this lovely clean sheet. Then I need to pull the edge across. I feel like I should be crying or screaming. Oh or yeah, you're right. You should make this realistic. Okay, how to? <sighs> and you should definitely not just leave your arm put right because that's not how. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta ah, swing it around. Okay, you gotta get Thank control of it. Okay, okay good Perfect. baby, good baby. Yeah, clearly I. Okay, so then I'm gonna pull one side okay. up over you and tuck the left arm down and wrap over the baby's chest and tuck under the right side of the baby. Tuck the right arm down, wrap over the baby's chest and over the arm, and tuck under the left side of the baby. Okay, okay so, so now, now you, you kind of look like a burrito, like, like a burrito. an Amy burrito. Both of the edges are folded over you. And next step. It's important to leave room for the legs to move. Bring the bottom corner up, twist and tuck under the baby. Make sure the hips can move up and out. Okay, twirl it around, and then I'm gonna tuck this little twirly end under your legs. Okay. Like that, oh, that's very helpful. See, I, okay. I helped. How, how do your hips feel? Hip, hips feel great. Do you have free movement? Oh yeah. Okay, no dysplasia there? Okay. Mm -mm. I feel great, I'm serious, I like wanna, I wanna drift off. And it's still before noon and I'm suddenly feeling very sedate. So when the swaddling comes out, it just signals like the end. 
so we're swaddled and we've told a few stories and yeah hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back with more we'll just leave you with this little relic on on motherhood or no not motherhood on mothers (laughs) here it is oh you want me to say it all right, uh, your mom is so fat that when she sat on a Skittle, a rainbow popped out. When she sat on a rainbow, Skittles popped out. When she sat on a rainbow, Skittles popped out? Wait, is that what I just said? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah.